Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 320 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. Hello, Adam. How is it going? Good. How are you? Good. I am back from my vacation. Yeah, you this are. Technically. This is weird because we already recorded the episode, but we're doing the intro after that. But this is also the first time since I was on vacation that like we're doing an episode. So um, I have Harry Potter thoughts that I would love to share if you don't sure, mind. Sure, of course. Okay. So, and they're all positive. Um, I was at Daytona. I was, we're in Daytona and we went to Orlando and did Universal Studios again, which is just the best place. You and I have already talked about this. Uh, first off, there's 30 miles of construction between those two cities. It's like an eight-year project. So that's a bummer. So if you're staying in Daytona, get ready for traffic if you're going to Universal. But um, something I just noticed that made me really, really happy, and I realized why I love this like franchise so much and how despite all of the weird things that J.K. Rowling keeps saying and all the weird thing, all the weird new movies and how... Oh, Joe. Like, I know, yeah. and, and like how dark... The Crimes of Grindelwald, I guess, was, which I still haven't seen. But like, no matter what, I will always come back just because, like, if you go to Universal Studios and see all the people there and it's, like, the unabashed happiness that is on everyone's faces, and I know it was on mine, too, it's, like, it's so good and it makes it so worth it. And so now I'm doing a re-listen. Um, but I wanted to give a thank you. We have a listener, um, John. I'm not going to give you the rest of your name in case you don't want to say that. But he and his partner both work at Universal. Oh, cool. And so he was sending me DMs when he saw that I was there. And he said, like, he wasn't at the at the park that day, but he gave me some really cool tips and, and um, suggestions. One being if you go to the Hogshead in Universal Islands of Adventure, I think, because it's in Hogsmeade. Uh, it's a bar. They have, like, just, you know, they have fun drinks. And beers and stuff, but if you ask for a Deathly Hallows, they make you like a really fancy, like layered beer drink, and it's what? yeah. He told me about that. I knew nothing about it, and then when I told the bartender, there's a secret menu. Yeah, it's like Starbucks. It's a secret menu, and so shout out to John because when I asked the bartender person, I was like, I my wife now like a Deathly Hallows, and she looks at me. She's like, I can't make that, and it, it puts it in air quotes. She's like, but I can give you a layered drink of these various things, <laughs> and like it's really pretty. It's super cool to look at. I think I put it on her Instagram. But, like, so thank you for that, and also thanks for the shout out. Uh, or the heads up that there's a voodoo donuts uh in the in universal uh walk which i didn't know about the city walk so we got voodoo donuts which is awesome so um yeah he actually sent us a bunch of recommendations and those are the main ones that i really remembered but i just want to send a thank you to john i really appreciate it that was it was really cool just to like post a random story and get a like dms people like hey here's some my some suggestions so that was really fun um and the other thing uh do you want to talk about what we did today? And then I want to read a review, which is really awesome. But if you want to talk about what we did sure. first. I have to remember what we did. Okay, so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, so uh, for those of you who maybe are not so into basketball, um, when this episode comes out on Thursday, it's the start of the March Madness basketball uh, pool for college basketball. Well, cats are going to win. And... Um, <laughs> Look, I went, I have my library science degree from UKY, University of Kentucky. I can't not always go. That was amazing. Wildcats. Anyway, 
Now what we talked about. We talked about so March Madness. We decided to bring back the March Sadness. Mm-hmm. Um, we first did this. I think we looked back. It was like episode ninety-eight. Yeah, long time ago. Long time ago, we did a March Sadness. So we decided to do it again. Um, Christina and Ricky joined Adam and I, and we. Um, <laughs> that sigh is the most accurate description. <laughs> No, actually, that was a weird grammatical nerd thing because I just realized I said Adam and I and it should have been Adam and me. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I understand. <laughs> I'm doing a terrible job. No, you're really doing So this great. is basically an entire episode of tearjerkers. Yeah. Books that make us cry. And we make jokes in the middle of them. We do make jokes in the middle because of them. Because this isn't, I will say, this is not an episode where we like just do a brief read through of like the introduction to a book like we each talk about each book for a while so we like get really into each book and then like it's almost like you can feel the weight like when ricky or christina you were like talking about a book i could like feel the heaviness in the room and then it'd be like okay can jokes come back in let's bring jokes back into the room yeah pretty much attention. so if you're looking for a good cry there we have a whole big list of books for you christina tears up multiple times in the episode <laughs> Also true. Also true. Um, speaking of wonderful women who are with us, I want to read a review that we got recently on iTunes, which is just so great, and it makes me super happy. So um, this is from Kin, and it was uh, from earlier in March. But I'm going to read this whole thing because it's awesome. It made me really happy. I've listened to every episode of this show, which is incredible. Uh, they were one of my first subscriptions when I decided to venture into the podcast experience a couple years ago. The first few had their challenges with sound. That is so generous. That is a commitment. Say. Thank you. Um, yeah, the first few had their challenges with sound, but Jill and Adam are just so likable I worked past them. They have a vast resource of book knowledge with their Overdrive coworkers. The comic book men are amazing, and their episodes uh, with the women are always entertaining. But I had to write a review to let Jill and Adam know that I think they've been especially on the top of their game lately with the past few episodes. Jill is especially fun when she's in full sassy mode and all the cat uh, with the cat episode to match Adam's dog episode. Man, I am just getting dunked on left and right for this. Um, I'm a dog person, but the cat episode won out on the podcast competition because of the entertainment value. And I just listened to the No Boys Allowed episode where the women prove I don't need to take any other book-loving podcast advice because they know their books. Keep up the fabulous work, y'all. Nice. Jill hadn't read that before, and I told her before we started recording. I was like, I need to read this review because it makes me so happy. And seriously, like, I it actually makes me genuinely happy. Like, all of the absolute just, like, trashing on me <laughs> for the dog book thing. It's so funny. I think it's just because you came out swinging. You know? I really did. You're absolutely right. It wasn't like something planned in <laughs> advance. We were like, this is something we're going to do. We're each going to do. No, no. My cat one wasn't like reaction to your dog <laughs> one. <laughs> no, you're right. And as a um, very proud and happy feminist of a man, I was like, I loved when she's like, I, I loved her listening to all the ladies because like, I was the same way. Like when you're like, we're doing a, this episode with just girls and like you literally can't come in the recording studio. I was like, huh, interesting. And then I listened to it and I was like, hell yeah, I love the girls at our office. That's so. right. Women. We are women, Adam. That's right. Sorry. Yeah. The, the female, females, women, however, I apologize. All of the things. I I mean well when I say the things I say. I, I know. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is, uh, that was a really great review. I wanted to read it. If you guys want to send us a review in iTunes or anywhere, that's always appreciated. We, we love it. We don't ask for it very often, but I saw that one and had to read it. Um, if people want to get a hold of us, how can they do that? The easiest way is to go to our website, professionalbooknerds.com. You can get all of our social links there. We are on Instagram and Twitter, at ProBookNerds. It's like 99% Adam doing that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Just so we're all clear. 
Um, and you can join our Viber community from there and come talk books. And you can email us at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. I think that's everything. Yeah. Or you can leave us a, re- a review on iTunes. Um, yeah, I think that is everything. Something I want to point out to the librarians that are listening because I finally updated it. Uh, we have a simultaneous use plan in our marketplace where you go and purchase all the content for your libraries. And if you're a librarian listening and you go into the same use plan, you can get a, a simultaneous use plan for your library where uh, you can get all of the interviews we have ever done on the podcast for your library. They'll show up as a part of your collection. And then anytime someone listens to them, you get circulation and it doesn't cost you a dollar. So I'm super going to be better at updating that. But I promise I'm putting it out there. Um, but I think that's everything. Uh, who did you say you're rooting for for the for March Madness? Oh, Kentucky Wildcats. Yeah, that's for my master's in library and information sciences from Booyah. Uh, my graduate Wildcats. My graduate school is Xavier. They did not make the tournament this year, so I'm just going to be casually watching all the games. Do you do the pool? We have uh, an office pool. I do, yeah. We have an office pool. It's like five bucks, and a whole bunch of people get involved. And the email that comes out every year is from our director, and it's hysterical because like, it opens up with like the official parentheses, unofficial. <laughs> you do not need to do this right? Um, pool. But, yeah, it's great because I, I watch college basketball for like two weeks before the 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 tournament, and then I'll read like one article and be like, well, I'm, an ups- I'm an expert now. I can totally guess, and then I'm always wrong. So, But my wife fills out one, too, and she knows nothing about she normally knows nothing about it other than Duke being really good. And she always does better than me. So it's fun. So, yeah, happy March Madness and happy happy March Sadness is a way, weird way of saying this. But uh, if you love books with lots of feels, you're going to enjoy this episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. Hey everybody, we're going to be doing an episode full of sad books today, and I know that I have like laughter in my voice right now, because just before we started recording, Christina, who's joining us today, made a sound that made me giggle, but before we get into that, um, first, so it's Jill and I, Jill, hey. Hi. And then the two people that are with us is Christina. Hello, hi. And then Ricky, who's only been on once, and I think the exact way you described it is hopefully I won't be as awkward as last time, so hi, Ricky. Hi, Hello. <laughs> Oh. Starting off awkward. Yeah, I was like, good job on the not awkward thing. Everyone nailed it. Um, okay, so we're going to be doing it. Jill, did, you did this last year. I think I was a part of this was one. Was it last year or the year before? I don't remember when we last did our March sadness. Well, once upon a time, at some point in the past, we did a March sadness because today, if you're listening to this on Thursday, March Madness kicks off. And despite, I'm a big basketball fan, but we're obviously a book company. So, like, how can we turn this into book content so we're going to talk about some sad books it's going to go super well we were just talking about the toy story 4 trailer came out and i almost cried about that this morning so i think we're all in various levels of emotional states here um adam it was episode 98 it was episode 98 so it was a while ago i okay. honestly thought it was last year no i think it's one from two years ago i feel like it two years ago because like i don't think i i rem- I, I, I remember when we did it and it feels like a while ago. I just remember you having that idea. And like that was one of those ideas where you said it. And I was like, damn it. That's a great idea. I love that so much. I remember we were in a blog meeting and we talked about it. And that feels like I have aged. Well, we don't yes, do blog meetings. We don't. I, know. I, I think you're right. I think that's where it yeah, started. I remember sitting in the cafe. There was I think that's, when I, that's when I first started. <laughs> Light the corners. <laughs> so uh, I think this is going to go super well. Um, 
I think we just have to. I, I feel like what's going to happen with this episode is so we don't get all sappy and sad. We are. It's going to be like watching a horror movie where we just like have to make jokes in between so that we don't get all emotional. Um, Christina said she was getting teared up just thinking about what she's going to say in a book. Um, uh, so, I just cry all the time. Yeah. Well, Christina and I recently came back from a vacation, not by ourselves. We brought her child really and our significant others and some friends. Yeah, we just thought we'd get away. <laughs> and um, when we were at dinner one day, uh, her baby was sitting between the two of us and like jokingly, I was like, come here, bud. And like he reached for me for half a second before he reached for Christina and she's like got tearing up. So that subtle moment was definitely how this podcast Because he always is. picks me, and he picked Adam over me, and I just I just felt rejected, and I cried. <laughs> to, be, it, to be fair, it was more so like I think he turned and saw me and just didn't want to be sitting where he was sitting anymore, but just that was enough. So you're going to cry probably. Was, oh, episode. yeah. She's, like, tearing up now. Yeah. Thinking about it. <laughs> I cry, like, at the dr- – I mean, I was not, like, a strong – emotional person before having a baby like I cried all the time and now it's just like it really just at any second any second it's just gonna a like trigger. I'll like feel it and I'll be like no I messed your on well I don't have a baby and I like I said I cried during the yeah I'm a Toy Story trailer so I mean it was heart-wrenching yeah it's good so this will be really really great okay so we're gonna go a little round robin it's another basketball term nailed it uh and we're gonna talk about some sad books <laughs> So buckle up, people. Settle in. Yeah. Um, Ricky, we'll get to you in a little bit because you have one book that is just the most soul-crushing. So we'll okay. that in a while. Uh, Jill, how many did you say you have? I only have a couple. Okay. All right. Christina, we're just going to rip the bandit off. Do you want to start? Okay. All right. Here we go. Uh, let's... Um, <laughs> I, I read a lot of books, and I feel like I have, you know, like an area that I, like, hang out in. I like YA, and then I like really dark murder mystery, like, death. And then, like, occasionally I, like, have to read, like, a really good heartwarming book to, like, reset. So a lot of these books for me came, like, in the middle of, like, just a a dark time that I was like, okay, I got to read something. And then, like, I don't know. These are emotional books. So the first one I have is Me Before You by Jojo Moyes. Um, I actually got this from... We were at a trade show and they were like the publisher was giving out books and it hadn't been released yet and like I just picked it up and um, was not expecting it to be so sad because it it actually reads like pretty mundane you know rich guy Will um, is injured in an accident he is a paraplegic quadriplegic excuse me and he meets Lou you know spunky poor girl so you think it's just gonna be this like rich guy falls for poor girl uh, typical romance they end up together. And it is not that at all. (laughs) (laughs) And it's very sad. And I won't, I can't give away the ending, but boy, is it a doozy and very sad. And um, I actually have a family member who is a quadriplegic. And um, I, you know, you think that you're doing everything right and you treat them as normal as you hoped anyone would treat you in that situation and then reading this book it makes you realize that you you don't have any idea what it's like to have your whole life completely changed and um it was really a tough read because obviously my family is affected by it my cousin is affected by it and um yeah I cried a lot (laughs) at the end I was actually at my house and my husband was like what's wrong and I like couldn't get the words out and I was like this book is so sad I can't talk about it but it's very good and it's um uh, I loved Lou in in the movie. It's she's played by um, Amelia Clark, 
who's Daenerys on Game of Thrones, and she's perfectly cast, so I, I highly recommend it. And there's a sequel, and actually now there is a third in this series, which for me, the book ended perfectly that I haven't picked up more in the series, so I don't see how it could, you know, I'm sure it's 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 great, but I, I haven't read after the horrifying heartbreak of the first one. I will say, having met your cousin, he has like the best outlook on life yeah. that you could possibly imagine. He's amazing. Yeah, he's he's good people. Um, did either I didn't read I haven't read any Jojo Moyes me either okay I don't it's feel plucky it's a plucky plucky book. <laughs> plucky it's a plucky book that would make you sob apparently yeah. um, Jill would you like to talk about one sure um, one of the ones I have on my list does not come out yet sorry but it's uh, Mrs. Everything by Jennifer Weiner which I've talked about before but man this book wrecked me <laughs> 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 it is about um, two sisters who uh, it, it spans several um, decades and generations, and it's sort of this relationship between these two sisters. Um, one is um, sort of your quintessential perky cheerleader girl when they're teenagers, and the other one is sort of struggling um, with her sexual identity. And as the years go on, they make choices that affect their lives, affect both of their lives. It is, it's a, it's wonderful. I love Jennifer Weiner's books, but man, this book had me sobbing multiple times throughout <laughs> the book. It's just so well written and um, she does such a good job with relationships in general, but I think her sister relationship books, maybe it's because I have a sister, I don't know, but those are the ones that really sort of hit me hard and um, yeah, it's really good. It comes out this summer. Um. I don't think I've talked about this, but it came out relatively recently. Uh, we Cast a Shadow by Maurice Carlos Ruffin. It, um, Jill, you and I, I think it came out in, like, February. It's the book where it has, like, it's a black and white cover. And it has, like, a white apple. And on the white apple, there's these, like, shadows of African-American people on it. It's very, it's a very striking cover. Um, Ricky, you do our social media. You're giving me this knowing look. Like, I think I know that I cover. I probably do. Yeah. It's usually, I know all the covers. Yeah. <laughs> all, all of the covers yeah. in all the world. Um, but... It's about it's set in a future version of America, where um, it's it's very dystopian in the sense that like African American people are still very much thought less of, but there's all of these um, procedures they can undergo to basically like remove the melanin in their skin and make them look more like white people. And it's uh, the reason it's so sad. I, I have a couple of books that are more like bumming me out because it's kind of close to what society is actually like. Um, but this one's like it's this African-American father and this um, Caucasian mother and the African-American father works at this uh, law firm where like he has to basically jump through all of these stereotypical hoops and be put in all these awful situations just to be somewhat successful. And he continues to rise up and, you know, despite everything he's put through. But he also has this son who has the he was a mixed race and he starts off very Caucasian, but he has this like mole on his body or like this mark that's is an Af- basically like part of his skin is african-american this one spot and it's getting bigger and bigger as he's getting older like this it just made me really sad cause like the son never cares that he's part african-american it doesn't bother him but the father is like no you need to get this removed it's because of this you're going to have such a much more difficult life and the son like he so he goes to all his like treatments and the son never wants to do it and it's just like the whole i don't want to get a give away the ending but like the whole story about this family who the son doesn't understand why it's a big deal and the father being like you need to be more white and he's like I don't want to be more white I want to be who I am and like 
it just it was so sad to see like, this African American character be like I you should be different and like the whole book is just there's a lot of characters who you're expecting to learn lessons and they don't and that bums bums you out even more. So like it was more so like it wasn't like a there's a moment in the book where you like hard sob. It's just like the whole time you're just like slowly wiping away the weepies and you're just like oh boy this is this is a lot. So yeah, it's sad. Does anyone want to make a joke now? <laughs> Someone want to break the tension? I like looked up and for what I feel like I saw like all three pairs of your eyes were like just staring at me like oh wow uh-huh. 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 so it's really good. But we cast a shadow is very melancholy. Yep. Um, I am melancholy. Yeah. Oh boy. People, people are like, why did you do this episode? But sometimes I feel I like know, people my just like want to cry. <laughs> like yeah, I just want to cry so sometimes. I mean, I, I mean, at the drop of a hat, I can. But I feel like yeah. sometimes you just need that like. Mm-hmm. You just want to watch a sad movie and cry on your couch. Or like an episode of Queer Eye, but that's like a good cry. The best cry. Yeah. I haven't watched any of the new episodes yet. Oh my God, I cried every single episode. That's what everyone says. Wait, so you've already gotten through the whole... No, no, I've only watched three. I had to take a break. Okay. Everyone I've talked to has said they cried at every episode. I haven't watched any of them yet. I, while I was having my year of of bummer of not having a home we refused to watch any queer eye because we loved the episode so much but we knew it would make us cry like the drop of a hat and we didn't want to be any more sad so i'm excited to watch this one and and uh i feel like i feel like we could get into a whole bunch of queer eye conversations where like bobby doesn't get his love he doesn't that doesn't have it's not change it's not oh, it's, so bobby still gets like <laughs> you three come minutes. back in and they're like yeah bobby <laughs> just designed your whole home for you and he's like yeah hey <laughs> yeah Meanwhile, Anthony is like, I taught you how to make guacamole. <laughs> cool, we should put him on the screen. For yeah, this. I love Anthony. Oh, he's wonderful. He's but just... I mean... I get it. I yeah. do. This is how you slice a cucumber properly. Yeah. And Bobby's like, I came up with this whole stained theme yeah. for your home to match your existing style. Like, That's fair. But, you know, some people don't know how to make good guacamole. Yeah, but you know, you know like, Tan's going to give you a better fitting shirt and he's going to teach you how to do a French tuck. And that's going to be his entire thing. <laughs> He doesn't deserve. I mean, Bobby deserves more time. That's and like fine. Three years I won't Bob, argue with that. In like three years, Bobby's got to have a like a home show, home, home show, home and show. Yeah, home and garden. He's Not amazing. HGN, like HGTV, HGV. Yeah, they used to be called HGN. I what don't is think HGN? so. I have no, no idea what you're home talking about. Home and Garden Network. Oh, maybe. maybe. That's a magazine. Yeah, maybe that. This is there nothing. is definitely an HGN. I think it's the magazine. It's usually in like I feel like in a hotel. Like you find like it's always out of the hotel. hotel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe. Oh, yeah. but it's so good. Okay, the good good breaking of the tension, everyone. <laughs> now let's dive back into it. Ricky, talk about your super sad book. Okay, it's super sad. I actually picked it up because of the podcasts, though. You guys had it on there, so it's everything is wonderful and horrible by uh, Stephanie Whittles, and it's about her brother Harris who is very well known for being on Parks and Rec, and he was one of the animal control guys. Um, I mean, he wrote on it and um, was very talented, but it talks through his struggle with heroin and pills. And I think what's really cool about the book and what is also super heart-wrenching about the book is the way she goes from chapter to chapter and talks directly to him And I think the way she talks about the family struggle with all of it, especially being in the public eye where not only are they dealing with the loss of someone to something so awful, but also it's constantly online and people are talking about it. And it's in a way that they can't really monitor or um, get out of that public eye. Um, And I think that 
the way she handled it, and even because I think it's actually a tragic comedy is the way she yeah um, put genre did it. I guess that's not a she word. It. <laughs> that is not a word. Um, but even the comedy that she puts in it, it's also she makes the joke, and then she's like, but also like why? Yeah. No, yeah, she does. There's there's parts in it where she's basically like, what the hell? Harry? Yeah. Like, and she gets pissed off about yeah, it. Yeah, and the humor is even just, like, so sad. And I'm really close with my brothers and my sister. And, you know, part of it's just that one phone call and getting that. And something traumatic happened to my brother, and he had a really long journey. It wasn't drugs, but it's still knowing that he had been taken away from her and seeing her struggle with, you know, starting a family and having her child not get to know her brother, but know these stories. And I know they cleaned out his house out in California and had to bring everything back, but she just dr- decorated her house with all his things. And she's like, you're everywhere, but you're nowhere. And yeah. that is just like, I mean, Adam and I talk about it because he saw I was reading it and he goes, how many times have you cried yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a book. It's And it is like having... Parks and Rec is, I'm on record of saying, I think it's the greatest TV show of all time. And, like, seeing him, obviously, not just on the show, but, like, every single, like, cold open of Parks and Rec you've ever seen or, like, weird conversation that is, like, just used to set up a scene. Like, they said, like, Harris wrote all those. Like, all the weird-ass comedy that's on there, he did. And knowing all that stuff and, like, watching it and then just, like, knowing he was struggling with a lot of stuff the whole time, like, it makes watching it even more difficult. But... I think a lot of times, like, the book, the reason it was so, like, got me, too, is, like you said, it's her being angry. And, like, I think a lot of times when people talk about people who struggled with addictions, and it's obvi- it's, a, it's a sickness, but also, like, it's fair for the person who's writing the book to be like, you had a sickness, and it really sucked, but also, I'm angry as hell at you because of what you Your left choices. behind. And, yeah, so. And even just it going into the struggle of the family and how it affects their father and mother and... The relationship that they all had together too is just so tragic, and mm-hmm. it's one of those things. You she goes back and tries to pick up the signs and things like that, but it's like you said, it's an illness, and he went and got help. But you you can't, yeah. And it's I will say on a, in a lighter moment of the book though, there are parts where like she'll read like stuff that he sent her that it's just like super funny. It's like you're not gonna sob the entire time, just most of the time. Yeah, no, there's definitely some comedy in there, and. But it is one of those things where the comedy, then you think about it and you're like, oh, that, yeah. that sucks. But yeah. um, it is cool seeing some of the excerpts that from letters that he sent her and um, kind of diving into that personal connection that she was able to salvage because of text messages, because of... E- I know a lot of it was from emails, even. Yeah. She was able to go back and kind of read his emails, um, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Christina, you want to keep this... Keep this, this train the sad, going. The sad train going. Uh, actually, my next one is kind of a good segue from Ricky's. It's Beautiful Boy by David Sheff. Um, it's also about addiction. It's called the actual subhead is a father's journey through his son's addiction. And I think addiction stories are so enlightening because I think so many people think that it won't touch you. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you know, you grow up a certain way. You're like, you know, I'll, I'll never experience that. You almost have this, like, picture in your head of what someone who hasn't – you picture that – a guy on the street that's tweaked out of his mind you're like that would never happen to me or someone that I love and a beautiful boy is about a father and his son the father's um David it's actually a memoir tells the story of his son Nick and how he started out as this like beautiful child who was happy and he you know was 
charming and grew up to be this varsity athlete that everybody loved and he got addicted to crystal meth and I think it's like as a you know mother now it's it, it, it I mean I don't think you need to be a mother or father to read this story but it's like how they go through this denial at first that mm-hmm. oh the police are lying or right because he would never do that he would never yeah. do that to us and it's you know addicts are wonderful manipulators and throughout this whole thing he he at first has no insight into how this happened and then it kind of goes back and forth and he starts to question was it me was it something I did how did this happen to us how did this happen to you you were so wonderful and um, it's heartbreaking and what's kind of wonderful about this story is Nick his father basically does everything in his power to save him and eventually he does and Nick writes a story um, called Tweak and it's from his perspective so you get to basically see how he made the decisions and the path that he went down and how it happened and the main element of it is is it's really nothing you did or could do to stop someone from making a bad choice the best you can do is just love them through it and hopefully they'll come back I'm getting strong vibes from his conversations of the Haunting and Hill House from Netflix. Like, I just feel like there's like all these conversations about addiction and like yeah. laughing out to help someone, but always loving them. I don't know. All I'm thinking is like, I want to. I feel like I want to go back and cry about Haunting and Hill House again. That was such a good. That was right. also Netflix killing it. I know. Yes, yeah. yeah, that's like a really weird segue. Like, no, no I know. I just like, no. I mean, I understand up. how it works in your brain. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, because just it, when we were talking before we started recording, you guys watch Shrill. That's on Netflix as well, right? Correct. It made me cry. And that, <laughs> is it yeah. Shrill Hulu? Oh, yeah. It is it's Hulu. Hulu. Sorry. It's Hulu. Sorry. It is Hulu. But, um... Sorry, sorry, I'm just saying, if someone said, like, yeah. Overdrive Hoopla, I'd be like, we're Overdrive. Yeah, but we're not, we're not a Netflix podcast. Oh, we have so much money if we're a Netflix podcast. Oh, my gosh. I love I mean, Netflix. Thank you, Netflix. Yeah. You saved my life. But Shrill is incredible. And on Hulu. And on Hulu. <laughs> Haunting of Hill House. It's also incredible. On Netflix. Yeah. No, yeah. I just, like, there's, like, all the addiction parts of it where, like, they don't... And how well, because I feel them. like so many people have been touched by it. And it's just yeah. something we don't talk about, like, it... it and it's so easy to get mixed up. In and it. also and just knowing the struggles of both sides of it is yeah. important. And with these stories, you kind of get to... You can hate the addict. Yeah. But you also have to love them, too. And like, understand think, like, what they went through to get to that yeah. point. Uh, Jill, would you like to talk about Shrill or another book on your list? Whichever, whatever, the floor is yours. I mean, Shrill, the book was not on my list, but it did make me cry. Um, <laughs> I it, didn't read it. What? I haven't read it. It's it's good. Okay. I mean, I can't remember if I did the audiobook or not, um, but it's so good. And the TV show does a really good uh, job um, of adapting, loosely adapting um, Lindy's story. And... TV show also made me cry, as I said. It's just, like, one of those sort of, um, not necessarily sad, but kind of sad, but it's just very life-affirming kind of crying, you know? Like, connecting with these stories and situations. And some of them are sort of, it's a heartbreaking kind of thing. Um, And, yeah, Cheryl, good, good stuff. You can talk about an actual book on your list if you want. I didn't mean to, like, steer you in a specific direction. That's okay. No. So the next book on my list was um, Room by uh, oh. <laughs> Emma, Emma Donahue. Not on my list, but, man, yeah. nodding. Nodding yeah. a lot. So Room um, is about a little boy named Jack, and he lives in this space um, 
with his ma and he they call it room and it's like where they live it's this little as i said it's a it's a room and i'm doing a terrible job it's a room <laughs> but i mean there's like this bed and there's a <laughs> you're doing great it's like a little studio apartment is probably the best way and they never leave but every once in a while uh this man comes down and um Ma puts Jack in a cupboard so he can't see what's happening and he doesn't understand what's happening. And what Jack doesn't know, because he's five years old, is that um, Ma had been kidnapped and has been being held prisoner in this room. And it's told from Jack's perspective, and she does a really good job of sort of, you like start to see the world through the eyes of this little five-year-old who doesn't understand everything. So he sort of explains things in his terms and it's sort of Sometimes takes a while for you to be like, oh, he's talking about whatever. Um, but this is all he knows. Like, this is his little world. And then um, he, things change, circumstances change, and he sort of, um, room is home to him. And it's that heartbreaking thing again where you're just like, oh, my God, this is so sad. This little boy, like, doesn't know anything else. Like, this is his little life. And that changes. And He's scared, but, you know, and, like, as an adult, you sort of understand the circumstances going on outside of him that he doesn't know. It's so good, but, yeah, it's a it's a crier. Yeah. 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 I cried a lot. I was saying, do you have more thoughts on that? I just cried a lot. Yeah. A lot. I, like, it's, like Jill said, it's, it's, you know, it's the most horrifying thing ever, and he yeah. doesn't know any different, and he's so scared when he has to go back out into the real world. That he wants to be He wants back to be back he... in this, like, safe spot. And the manipulation of him thinking that's reality is yep. just heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah, because I forget, like, they have a TV, I think, and I can't remember how she just, like, she explains a TV to him or something, and it's like this whole, it's just, he just, he doesn't know any better. And when he gets out, doesn't he just say the room? Like, he, he just he, wants to go back. Back to the, the room. Yeah. 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 We're like yeah. hair trigger away from Christina crying. Like, oh, yeah. I can see it in her eyes. <laughs> uh, oh, state of my life, always. It's really bad when I'm trying to argue because I like, start crying now, and I'm like, I am, I am still very mad. <laughs> I stand my ground. Ignore the tears. <laughs> sorry don't, that this is happening. Don't let these weepies make you. I'm very angry. My eyes are leaking. I'm yeah. sorry. It just happens now. Um, I have a book on here called He by John Connolly. And it is the story of Laurel and Hardy, who are, like, one of the most famous comedian uh, pairings of all time. And it's written from Laurel's point of view all about his relationship with uh, Babe Hardy, who, like, basically was, like, he... They go through their whole lives where, like, he had all these relationships with women and he has family and stuff. Like, his life's, like, great relationship was with Babe, his his comedic partner uh oliver hardy and so it's written in a way where it's he's writing it from the end of his life where he's just like he's no longer famous and he's just sitting in an apartment and he's just like thinking back of all the things that they did and any book that is um reflective like that always really gets me it makes me think of like my parents and my family and like all the things that we've done and like I've always, I feel like I'm a 33 year old in a 78 year old's body all the time because I'm just like, oh man, that thing that I did when I was 17, well, I'm never going to be that young again. I'm like, yeah, Adam, you're also never going to be 33 again. Like, it's just, that's how life works. I don't know if you guys know that. You get older. Um, just how life happens. But like, it's just, it, he's like looking back and it's not even like 
he has regrets or anything. It's just looking back at the life that he no longer lives and thinking about it very nostalgically. Um, yeah, it's like it's just very like you know how it's going to end because it's quite obvious throughout. But just seeing this life told in this very unique way, um, and he never refers to it's something about like the reason it's called he is because when Laurel is talking. He never refers to him by Hardy or Babe. He always just calls him he. And it's just a really weird way. But, like, by the end of it, like, every time you see just the word he, like, you just, like, get, like, all emotional about it. So it's really, really good. I highly recommend it. Um, if you're fans of, like, Charlie Chaplin or, like, old-timey insane comedy, uh, it's really good. Highly recommend. Um. <clears throat> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> She's wow. ready. She's ready. <laughs> no, I just have scratch throat. I have scratch. I feel like every time I'm on the podcast, I'm like just getting sick or just getting You have a child. Now. They're basically little yeah, tiny cocoons little germ of sickness. Cesspool. He sneezes in my face all That's the time. That's a lot. He's so cute. That's a lot of description. He's so cute. I love him so much. He's I cut so cute. I cut his hair myself and it looks really bad right now. No, Sorry. that's cute. No, Wait, it's after really... we got back from vacation? I don't know. It's just gotten worse. It's just like hatchet looking. <laughs> It was in his face when I was feeding him, and I was like, I'll just cut, like, a little bit. And I just ruined him. Ruined him. Um, he's still really cute. Though. He's literally the cutest. He'll baby. grow he's back. He's obnoxiously <laughs> cute. Yeah. Cute. He'll grow back. Right. He'll be fine. The other cutest baby in the world is, is in Jill's family as well. Like, the two cutest oh babies oh, yeah. on planet Earth. Yeah. My favorite baby. Yeah. Um. <laughs> My favorite baby is like a new podcast. <laughs> it should be. Can, can I talk about it? Liam? Uh, but anyway, so a lot of my books uh, kind of echo back to what Jill was saying about sisters. I am a sister, so I feel like I, I respond. Sorry, I am a sister is a really funny <laughs> way to say I know what you mean. It's like, I am, I am one of them. I know. It's Marketing funny. specialist, mom, sister, sister, runner, Buffy enthusiast, <laughs> cake, so, cake eater, so Christina's way. bio. Just as your Instagram bio. Yeah. A Tinder bio. Just kidding. Oh. Oh. Um, so I'm going to talk about The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna. Uh, I've talked about this one before, but I love this book. Um, again, I think I just like happened across it. I was like, okay, yeah, I'll read this. I mean, it's about World War II, so I wasn't expecting to go in like this is going to be like a sunny, happy book. But um, <laughs> it's about two sisters, Isabel and Vianne, and it's um, set in France during the Nazi occupation, which I didn't know a lot about. Um, I knew Nazi occupied France because of taking history classes, but I guess you just like don't think about because we're just selfish people and we only think about like our own experiences. Um, but wildly spot on, yeah, you know. So it's it's got this underlying theme of like women during wartime, and it's just wildly undocumented, like what they went through, and especially these women in France when the Nazi soldiers were there, like. They invaded their homes. They were forced to just open their doors to these soldiers. And um, uh, Vianne is a mother. And so her main focus while her husband is away fighting is to keep her family safe. So she does whatever she can. And Isabel is, like, obstinate and, you know, like, rebellious. And so she views her sister as a weakling that she's just doing, you know, rolling over and taking it. And Isabel is off to fight the good fight and really wants to, you know, stick it to these people and she becomes the nightingale and essentially she helps um shelter soldiers on their way back home soldiers who have landed in france um and she shields them from the nazis and gets them through the passes and onto their home countries and you know takes like all these risks and anyway it's this wonderful story about bravery and what you do to protect yourself to protect your family and of course it ends just 
heartbreaking, you know, and it's just, it was so good. And I think as, you know, my sister, Corey, who'll be listening to this can attest, you don't fight like anyone, like you fight with your sister. Like, it is like emotional warfare. You will cut deep. I've got scars. I've seen, She's I've got seen scars. two fight. It is cruel. But like, if anyone ever came for her, I would murder them dead. Like, <laughs> I would just do whatever it takes to protect her. And she would do the same for me. Like, even like going back to when we were kids, like if we both got in fi- like in trouble for the same thing, it was like united ground. Like, mom would be yelling at us for the things we were doing to each other, and we would turn about face and be like, oh, we will take this, we'll take this woman down. So I just think, like, there's something about sisters. And now my sister and I both have kids, and it's, like, even more so, like, it's just, like, we text all the time. Sometimes it's, like, you're stupid. And it's just, there's something about sisters, so that, like, emotional thing, like, I can see it, like, what you go through for them what you go through to be against them it's just like there's something about and i just i like her a lot would you like talk about sisters i'm not a sister oh i'm also a sister um i don't really fight with sadie very often though like we're very very close i'm not saying that you and your sister are not but we don't fight um and but i would also murder someone for sadie probably (laughs) we don't fight as much now like we're definitely more united but when we were kids we fought all the time. I used yeah. to have to drive her to school in the morning. See, she I, would, like, I get sabotage that. my whole life. I just ignored Sadie, I think, when we were kids. And then we became best friends. <laughs> and everything's fine now. Like, I would give her all my money if I could. Yeah. And, like, still survive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any sister thoughts? Um, I mean, so, like, I'm curious how far apart you are from your sister. I'm four years older than Sadie. Three years older than Corey. Okay. I'm close. I'm, like, four and a half, five years. And... Yeah, she would, like, it's the same, like, we don't, we fought as kids a lot. Um, you're the I, younger one. No, I'm the older one. You're the older, you're older? I am older. I didn't know that. Yes, I am older. Um, I'm also super passive aggressive. So, like, when we would fight, she, <laughs> she would just start, like, yelling and screaming, and I would just sit there, and my dad <laughs> would come downstairs, and she would get in trouble <laughs> for yelling and screaming, and I'm just like, I, I'm just sitting here. <laughs> that was my sister. This is I was excellent. like, she would like if I was late getting up for school, which was every day of my life, because like I was a senior when she was a freshman, so I was just like participating at that point. Right. Like I didn't care. I got into college and I was like, I don't have to go anymore. Not true. You should all go back to school, kids. Anyway, go back like to school, don't stay in school. She go would back. like set like if I didn't get up by her specific time, she would blast the radio. Like, she would turn on on the loudest setting, and she would just sit in her bed and, like, watch me. and be like, what are you doing? And she would just be like, we have to go to school. Like, she, oh, I love her, but man. But, yeah, the love is deep. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. There is this protective thing, like, say one bad. I could be uh, upset with Sadie, and someone said, I'm like, how dare you say yeah, that? You don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I'm like. I will end you. Yeah, that's wrong. <laughs> this is not a game. Like, yeah. I'm allowed to say that stuff. Yeah. yeah. You're not allowed to say yeah. that stuff. Yeah. I'm not my sister. I am the youngest of four. I have two sisters. I am not a sister. But I you have, have I sisters. have two of them. Um, and I they're a lot older than me. They're like six and eight years older than me. I'm hilarious. I've always been very, very close with them. It's like, A, we never fought. They were always like, I was, they are so, they're so cool. Um, they're just wonderful people. But they shared a room growing up. And much like my brother and I did. And there was no extra room in our house. Like, if one of us were to get angry, to be like, I'm going to go sleep on the couch. Like, no, there's no room in the house. So my sister, my older sister, Heather, 
got angry at uh, our, my sister Megan one time, and she moved into the closet and like literally like, pulled her whole mattress into the closet that they had. It was not a big closet. Um, and I remember, I guess like my mom told me, she's like, yeah, your sister moved into the closet. And like, we thought like, we just didn't, we didn't intervene because we're like, oh, this will be fine. No, she stayed in there for like 10 days. Like she's just like, no, I live in the closet now. This is <laughs> this where is I'm at. Yeah. yeah. So I guess finally my parents were like, please put your bed back. Like, <laughs> you can't live in the closet. I mean, yeah. it's like Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah he, she, she basically Harry Potter herself. She yeah. did. She did it to herself. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do to survive. I shared a room with my sister. I used so to, did if I. She, if she wouldn't go, like, if I was scared of something and she was sleeping, I would wake her up to tell her why I was scared to get her just, if not more, terrified than I was. So I'd be like, okay, cool. We're in this together. Oh, yeah. I used to, when there was thunderstorms, I hated them. So I'd be like, Sadie, you can, like, sleep in my bed tonight if you're scared. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like, you can come over here if you're scared. But we also, I made my parents put, like, a sheet in between our beds. So Privacy. we had our separate, yeah, but it amazing. literally was a sheet. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh man! My brother used to mess with me. He would uh, go to bed way later than he was four. He's four years older than I am as well. So he was a senior when I was in eighth grade, and he would drive me to, to school because it was at the same school. And uh, he would come up at like twelve thirty at night, and I had been sleeping since like ten. And he would turn the light on, especially like, in the middle of winter when it's still dark when you wake up. So he'd be like, hey, time to get up. And then, like, at 12.30 at night, because it, we didn't have phones, I didn't have a clock in there, I would just go shower, and then I'd come back, and he'd be, like, sleeping. He'd be like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> it happened, like, seven times. You're like, but you never learn from no, it. No, I never learned. I was so like, my, my brother's talking to me. I'm so cool. Yeah. You're like, thanks, man. Yeah. Getting uh, me up. All right. Yeah, we, sisters, brothers, man. We've stalled long enough. All right, let's do I have I have one more I want to talk about. Um, it's called A Taste for Monsters by Matthew Kirby. And the main uh, kind of character in it that the film evolves around is the Elephant Man, uh, Joseph John Merrick. And it's a fiction book, but it's about this person who takes care of uh, John Merrick in this like home that he's kind of like this, um, almost like an orphanage for adults. I can't, it's not like an insane asylum or anything, but it's like an orphanage for adults where like people go. And he's kind of hiding from the world. And like the elephant man was, uh, he had um, this illness where he basically like, he spent his life with this disfigurement where he was a sideshow character. And like people would make fun of him all the time. But he also had this unique situation where like he was so unique that he like, the queen had met him and like all these famous people would want to meet him. And like by all, accounts he was like the sweetest man and so people would like basically like fall in love with his personality and uh, but he still like got to the point in this book where he's tired of society kind of looking at him and judging him so he's more or less hiding away in this room and um, this person comes in and like takes on a job as being his like nurse and at first she's like really horrified but then she same thing like goes to um, comes to be like really good friends with him and they they kind of like solve this mystery almost. It's um, it also has a lot to do with Jack the Ripper. There's like Jack the Ripper themes in there, and like situations and storylines. And they there's like ghosts in it and all this like stuff. But they're helping like these ghosts. They seem really really horrifying, but in reality, like each one of these ghosts that visits them actually has this tragic story that they want them to help them fix. And like it's just all this stuff. And like the whole time again, it's another one of those books where like there's no individual point until the very very end where like you're sobbing but the whole time you're just like I just feel sad for like the because it's based on a real person who you know whose life was probably really really difficult so I highly recommend it it's it's a lot of, it's, it's like a mix of like ghost stories and but it's 
It's a, it's very sad, but it's very good. Highly recommend. Um, do you want to do? Do you guys want to do one more each, and then we'll be probably good. Just, are you okay? No? I don't know what I'm gonna pick. Oh. <laughs> I can go. Well, I'll, yep. I'll give you more okay. time. Okay. Um, so this also goes back to the sister thing. What is it about the sister books that are just like? I mean, make you cry. Anyway, yeah. um, this is Atonement by Ian McEwan. Oh yes, that is a great one. <laughs> Chill. Same so, wavelength. <laughs> that's what happens. Uh, so <laughs> best reactions from Christina. <laughs> just, um, fly it like high emotion. Yeah. 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 So it's 1935, and 13-year-old Brianne, um witnesses this sort of intimate moment uh, between her sister, Cecilia, and a local boy, Robbie. Um, but she's 13 and doesn't quite understand what she sees or doesn't understand the motivations behind it. And it sort of sets off this... It's like the catalyst for a lot of events that happen um, to both Cecilia and Robbie and the, the course that their lives take. And then... Um, you get to the end, and I don't really want to say anything, but it's going to, yeah. Punch it, you in the it's throat. It's going to punch you <laughs> in the throat. Yeah, the end's going to punch you in the throat. Wow. Um, that's all I can say about that. Yep. Yeah. Also a wonderful film. Also a, a wonderful film. Won a lot of Oscars. Yes, it is a very good adaptation as yes. far as adaptations go. Yes. Is that, who's the main actress? Um, She has a jaw like a. She's in Pride and Prejudice on the Saints too, right? Oh, you're thinking of Kira Knightley. Yes. Yeah. She's the older right. sister, yes. Yeah, she okay. plays Cecilia. And yeah. then Sarah Rise. Sarah 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 Someone. Keep and that's the same. Ronson <laughs> plays Bryony. And James, James McAvoy, McAvoy is, who is, a, is a dish. Also, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch makes a... Oh, my God! I forgot he was in that movie. Yeah, he's. Oh my god! And I think he has. Sorry, that was. Yeah, it, he does. I think he has blonde hair. Like the first time I watched it, I didn't really know who he was, and then I watched it years later, after having seen Sherlock, and I was like, "Wait a minute!" Yes. Oh, oh my god! There you are. I forgot he was in that, and he, he plays like a, not a great character. He's not a great character. No. Correct. Oh yeah, and he was like so menacing and like yep. scarecrow. Yep. Which he is, but also hot. So also anyway. hot. The two of your volumes just went from high to low. I know, I heard it. I sort of so like quickly. I just like watched it on the levels. I'm like, apologies, jumping there. Casino's jumping out of a chair. Apologies, Adam, who has to edit the sound on this. No, one. I have to pee so bad right now. All right. So I like feel like I'm just like hovering around this like very scary right. space. Well, of, do like, your so You also emotions. have a hard stop in a few minutes here, so do your last book and then um, we'll get out of here. I don't know what to do. Or don't. Do you want to end with what you had? Okay, here's. I'm in between two. I'll just tell you guys. All right, fine. You tell me which one to talk about. Okay. The Lovely Bones by Alice Bold. Or Where the Wild Things Are by Marie Sendak. Just do the Where the Wild Things Are, just because I'm curious. That's a good one. Yeah. Okay, so that is... tree, do the giving tree. Oh, I should... That's another great one. I know. I'm sorry. Stop whispering. I can't help it. I'm sorry. Okay. So, I was... uh, Where the Wild Things Are by Marie Sendak, which is a funny one we're doing, because it's not available in digital. It's only available in print. Yeah, he famously hated it. Yeah, he was grumpy. I loved him. It's still a great book. Yeah. So, I've loved this book since I was a child. I so many warm thoughts about this book, but I have never read it having a child. And I guess, I don't know if there's like a connection deep-seatedly buried inside of it, but when I was reading it to my baby, I just started crying because it's like, I think it just like light bulb. Like it's all about when you leave that you always can come home. And then I just sat there thinking that one day he's going to leave me. <laughs> I just started crying. Also the line about, uh, I'll eat you up. I love, I love you so. I know. You, and you, on our vacation, you talked a lot about wanting to eat your baby's I toes. do want to eat him. <laughs> it's cute aggression. It's a real thing. Look it up. Um, I think it's like, again, it's like the idea that like 
your children are going to have these wonderful, vivid imaginations and like they're going to grow up to be these amazing things and they're just going to leave you one day. And that's the goal. You want them to grow up to be amazing and then not need you. But I, you always think that, I told Scott this. I was like, do you think he loves me as much as I love him? And Scott was like, of course I do. But no, he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't love me as much as I love him. You're like, he's going to no, leave me. No, but I think it's true. It's like, I think of my parents and I think like how much I love them. And then how much I love my son. They love me more than I love them. Because you just do as a parent. And they're just like, I'm sorry. Like, You guys should see this baby's face when she walks into the room, by the way. It lights up like a Christmas tree. Oh, also, so. like, I'm food. So it's like, yeah, he's probably like, look at that cheeseburger coming on in. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, also, the other, pe- the other people we went to vacation with uh, had a Where the Wild Things Are wedding. Yeah, just all did those they? emotional connections. I didn't know that. They did, yeah. And we were, we were, in, we were in that I wedding. We were in that wedding. Yeah, very fancy. It's a really good. I think it's a good book to end on. I don't yeah, know who no, it's a good one. Um, also, I love that we're like, I don't know. We'll see how long we talk. It was forty-two minutes, just like, like that. Lovely Bones s- is really good though too. Lovely it is. Yes. All of that sister talk, man. Um, okay, well, I hope we had enough happiness in between the sadness to make that. That was a like one of my most favorite things we've ever done, and also one of the most difficult. That was yeah, really yeah. Challenging. I feel like. Christina, Ricky, and I need to do just like a sisters episode. I feel like you too. Yeah, we, we can absolutely. Like just in, in like pauses in between where we can be like, all right, show me your scars. I'll like, yeah. Listen, let's yeah. Happened. And they won't be all sad sister books. No, they're yeah, really they're happy ones. ones. There's got to be happy sister books too, right? I assume. I think that's a good idea. I think there are. Yeah. I think there are some happy. I can't sisters. think of any happy sister books though, off the top of my head. Like everyone that's popping into my head, I'm like, nope, dies. Nope. <laughs> are there any sisters in the traveling pants that are actually sisters? I don't uh, think so. But that's sad. Or the Yaya sisterhood. Sad. That is sad. Oh, is that it? is another not, sad I mean, one. Uh, that is uh, another sad one. Um, also not sisters. Sisters though. of the Winter Wood. Man, that is. Oh my God. Why are there no happy. This is going to be a deep dive. Okay, we had us. Yeah. Chrissy has to go to the bathroom so bad. Um, all right. Well, thank you guys for joining us. This was fun. So this, this was melancholy. Yeah. This was fun, Kali. Fun, Kali. Wonderful. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah. That's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.